Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Galactic Dads Podcast, a podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek, dad life, I am the father, and beyond. Language. It's good to finally get you on, man. We've been talking to you about for months. It's been a while. I'm really excited. Uh, so I thought it was appropriate to get going. It was really your idea, but I thought it was a great idea. But to have the month of November be our Star Wars month on the Galactic Dads podcast. We got a lot going on this month, uh, rolling right into the new movie next month. So um, looking forward to Disney Plus launching Mandalorian, Clone Wars, all that good stuff. So um, this is a good month for it. Yeah, it was a really good month, and even though it wasn't this month, it was just, uh, what, this past New York Comic Con, they announced the new comic series. Um, that is featuring, Kylo Ren has the new series from Marvel. Uh, it will, I think, lay the foundation from what took him up to, what, his his beginnings to where we see him in The Force Awakens, or? Yeah, from, uh, you know what's so great is, like, Marvel's got a hand in it, which is just, like... I wear Disney goggles a lot, but I'm very excited that uh, Disney has both franchises at this point because all the Marvel designers can have input on not just the artwork, but the uh, but the storyline also because realistically, they're some of the best storytellers um, in the market. It's very hard to go against anything those guys go, those guys do there. Yeah, I know. Just historically looking at the work that Charles Soule has done uh, with the Star Wars series has just been fantastic. So. To see that kind of work coming out of that publisher, even though they're all essentially the same company now, uh, it's it's still it's good. It gives you good faith for good comic stories that blend seamlessly into the movie story as well. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the I mean, it's it, evidently it's going to be really limited as far as the comic book series goes. Um, Souls doing it, like you said. Um, they've already released a couple cover. Art. I don't know if you saw the cover art yet, but it's uh, really good. I have seen them, and they are glorious. Uh, it's just so crazy seeing um, not just Kylo and everything else, but uh, the, just the Knights of Ren that are involved in all that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and they've already started releasing content on that as far as um, uh, action figures and other promotional items uh, with the Knights of Ren involved. I don't know. They say there's going to be a part of it in the Rise of Skywalker. I don't know if I believe it or not. Um, they foreshadowed it in the last jedi and we got that one force vision um well i guess it was a um a uh, flashback really uh with the knights of running it and that was it i was hoping for a lot more from them uh because i think it's a really great storyline to follow um and they obviously play a huge part in um ben solo's fall to the dark side yeah, that's the one thing I was actually pretty disappointed in in The Last Jedi. Well, a few things. But that, like, to finally get the Knights of Ren and to see them, but only for a brief moment. Like, I was really hoping that they would flesh that out a little bit more. Uh, but like you said, fortunately, we do have the comics uh, to explore that a bit more. And, man, I really hope that there's something in the new movie to address it, maybe. Yeah, I, I hope there is. I mean, realistically... The uh, the first issue of that comics is, isn't even, I think it's the day before The Rise of Skywalker actually hits theaters. I want to say it's December 18th it launches. And then the second issue doesn't come out till um, January. So, I mean, that's um, a month later. But um, uh, it's just crazy. Like, they're not given a lot of, um, uh, well, obviously Disney and Marvel keep everything under wraps pretty hard um, with comics or movies. But... Um, they're not giving a lot of details about it, and like I said, it's not going to even be available till the day before the movie. So the fact that they're releasing it that close to it, I'm guessing, has something to do with the new movie, which is, in my eyes, very exciting. Um, it probably gives a lot of backstory of what's going on, but um, I, I, I mean, I, who doesn't want it earlier? Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, whether it's, it has to do with the Star Wars movie or it's just an exciting new comic from Marvel... You always want as much info as you can get beforehand. And be it Star Wars or anything at Marvel, they're very good at keeping things under wraps until about the week before or even the day it releases. Um, so yeah. it, is, it gives me a lot to be excited for. 
Uh, but man, yeah, that... like I said, I just, just just looking at the cover art is just ridiculous. Like I I'm so excited because not only does it have um, Jedi that you normally don't see, um, but uh, you see the Knights of Ren, and they all have separate weapons, and they're not originally. I guess we all thought those were uh, more Jedi type um, uh, people, but really, like they are, they use weapons that are more. Uh, what they look like to be metal looking more than anything. So you're looking at axes and knives and um, just different kind of blades. I don't know if they're going to um, have that Praetorian guard look to them where they have that one, um, they have the blade, but they also have that extra laser on it to where like it, it'll cut through whatever they're fighting against. Um, it's, I mean, unclear now. I would assume they have something though, because uh, I'm just assuming that Knights of Ren also go up against Jedi and um, uh, more difficult foes, so to speak, that they would have to battle with. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover art uh, from the very first issue, uh, and it looks like looks like Luke and Ben Solo just encircled by the Knights of Ren. And you're right, they've got all of the weapons. I mean, there's traditional blades. There's it looks like a couple of them have uh, meat cleavers. Uh, somebody's got a lightsaber of their own, and there's even like a blaster. I mean, they seem like they go all out on any weapon they can get. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see if it's more of a, a scavenger faction or if they're force users, or um, it's just kind of unclear on how they're going to really use um, them as a as a faction inside the Star Wars universe, um, which is, like I said, again, like it's, it's super exciting to me because they... Uh, Kylo Ren's a leader of them, but we we haven't met them yet. Like we saw a glimpse of them very quickly, and that was all we had. We don't even know if they came from Luke's school for the Jedi, or if they were just outsiders that Kylo Ren had met previously and then brought in. So, well, if the latter is the case, then uh, that really would speak to Ben Solo's abilities to become the leader of the Knights of Ren in such a quick fashion. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No, I'm looking forward to him be, being the leader of the First Order in the new movie. I think, uh, uh, obviously, he had some maturing to do. <laughs> uh, from from, from the first uh, two movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, um, he seems like he gets a little, little focused on one idea, and it just really ruins everything. Yeah, he gets amped pretty quick, too. I mean, he, uh, he kind of loses it. He goes right off to the dark side. Um, but, uh, I think that's something that I'm hoping to see him grow through, um, coming into the new movie. I know there's supposed to be a time period that passes going to the new movie and I'm, uh, just excited to see his journey. He, uh, between him and Ray, um, I know there's a lot of squeaky wheels out there in the star Wars universe, um, about the last Jedi, but, um, realistically, um, Ryan Johnson did what he thought was best for the franchise, which, I may or may not agree. I don't agree with it. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> uh, but realistically, like he still set up two characters with, with pathways. Um, I was really disappointed in some of the ways they took to get there, but ultimately like both of those characters still have a lot to grow up from. And I'm, I'm curious to see where we catch up with them um, immediately in the new movie. Um, I know we've gotten books and other, other, things on why Ray's so powerful and all that good stuff. And we'll, I know we'll get to that later, but um, some of those items are just, uh, I'm still dying to see, so to speak. So um, I, I'm I actually, I am really anxious to see if uh, the one fan theory that you and I, I think mutually agree upon as being the best theory ever uh, canon or yeah. not. I, I just really want to see if that plays out. Uh, and we, we can discuss that later this month because that's a whole episode in its own. Yeah. Uh, it does. It has to do with Ray and why she's so powerful. And, and well, just sit tight, hold on, and uh, enjoy the rest of this Star Wars goodness episode. We'll get to that maybe next time. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, while we are looking at getting to it... Um, I know that you were excited yesterday because you were able to hit up something that's pretty geeky. And that's, uh, what'd you do yesterday? Oh, yeah. So um, in St. Louis, we have this great thing. Um, it happens like every other month, um, twice during the holidays. So we get November and December, and then it goes in every month, every other month schedule. Um, but like 
So there's just a huge toy show. And, you know, I collect Star Wars action figures, so I get really excited about stuff like this because I get to find all kinds of cool finds. Um, and it's honest, it's so weird because you walk into this place and you're like, man, I'm walking into like an engineering machinist hall. Like this is like someone's union hall. And you're like, <laughs> man, what am I getting myself into? And I walk in and you pay $5 and you start walking down the hallway and it's really just a huge trunk sale for just toys. And it's any toy you can imagine. It's not just action figures. It's, um, I mean, you think of anything, like there's micro machines hidden in those places. There's um, anything you can remember from your childhood. It's a huge walk down memory lane. You can find almost every character that you want to, whether it be anime, um, comic book related, um, like Charlie Brown, Snoopy. Like you can find whatever characters you're looking for. Someone probably has them in the building. Um, Legos, action figures. It's a little bit of everything. But yeah, so... Um, I walked in yesterday. I met my buddy, a uh, really good friend of mine, John. Uh, he's like one of the first booths in the whole building. And I looked at his <laughs> shelf and I'm just like, yeah, so I'm going to take this and that. And, <laughs> and oh, you know, I, we just start talking about stuff. He's like, oh, have you seen this? And he, he showed me something he picked up from somebody else at the whole store at the um, convention. And it was a, a, a piece from um, uh, back in the prequel days, like 2007. It was a Comic-Con. Um, it was just convention exclusive. It was just like, I haven't seen that in years. And he's like, oh yeah, like it's missing this piece, but I still had to have it. I don't have one in my collection yet. So, but yeah, it, it's just fun because you talk to all kinds of collectors that um, either have the same interests as you or maybe a little bit different, but uh, realistically you're all there to collect or look at toys. <laughs> and for, uh, for a 30 plus year old guy and um, um, talking to people that are, um 10 to 20 years older than me but still really really enjoy their fandoms um it gives me a lot of hope for my nerd it gives me hope it gives me hope john (laughs) it gives me hope but yeah like i picked up some good stuff yesterday like i got the um the mail-in from 2011 i'll show you this right there there you go the oh uh, it's just a vintage uh prototype bone fet it's pretty sweet um it was a like i said a mail-in offer um one of the things I'm most excited about this for, and a lot of them did come like this because they came in Amazon boxes for the most part, or, or straight from Hasbro Pulse. Um, but like it's an unpunched card, and I can't tell you like how excited I am to have unpunched um, cards in my in my collection. Oh, oh okay, so I see what like, you're saying. It's never, it's never hit a peg. Like I don't know if you could even see the details. Oh, I see it. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, it's never been punched. Yeah, really excited stuff. And then. Uh, uh, you know I'm a huge Boba Fett fan, so like I had to I had to grab my rocket launcher Boba Fett. <laughs> so he came in a case, uh, um, because he's, I mean he's a little over a hundred dollar figure probably. Um, but this is the other guy like he's got the fire. I, I I know I sent you the text yesterday. I'm like I'll never get to see the rocket launcher fire, but <laughs> it's still an awesome figure to have, and I'm really excited to have it. You've uh, heard that it launches a rocket. You believe it. Yeah, I believe it. And, I mean, it says it's on the box, so I have to believe it, right? That's what it has, it has to be. It's um, true. The, the only thing I'm really mad about this guy, this, so this guy, and there's all kinds of guys, obviously, just out there that make money off toys. And some guys are really cool. Our guy, John, like, he does a great job, um, and he keeps it um, real friendly with collectors. And if he knows you're really a collector, like, he'll cut you a deal if you need it, whatever. Um, but this guy that sold me this, first of all, I... I tried to barter with him and he wouldn't take my barter, which is fine. Like I get it, man. Like you want to sell your toy for what you want to sell for it. And I'm not going to tell you, you can't sell it for it because let's face it. I bought it anyway. So obviously I still want it. I was going to say, I see you're holding it. So, okay. I'm holding it. So I've got it. Right. But then I PayPal this guy and then he starts to like reach for the item and I'm trying to like put it in my bag, you know? And he's just like, Oh, the, the star case doesn't come with it. That's the case that's around it right now. This, this like protective case. <laughs> And I'm like, are you are you serious right now? I just bought a hundred dollar figure from you, and you're like, you're gonna charge me for the case that comes in that you put on it? And he's like, oh yeah, it's not that's that's separate. And I'm like, how much how much do you want for the case? He's like five bucks. I'm like, oh man, dude. I'm, I'm I literally looked at it. I'm like, you can buy these like twenty for twenty, like no joke. Like go online, find star cases, twenty, for, maybe twenty for twenty five. Wait, wait, wait. Like, this is a good question. It's a great story, but John, what'd you pay for the case? 
Oh, five bucks. Because <laughs> I literally looked at him. I'm like, he's like, yeah, it doesn't come with it. I'm like, well, I'm not taking it out of the damn case. Like, <laughs> here's five. I paid thousand for the for the figure itself. And then I pulled five bucks on the wall. I'm like, dude, I'm not PayPal. Like, here we go. Like, why didn't you just tell me that was included? Like, I would have just got it right away. Oh, man. Oh, that uh, brings me so much joy. Frustration. I've been there. I've been there. I've experienced is... that at comic conventions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, and that's the other thing I told me, too. Like, you could go and you could find some good comics. Like, some people, obviously, they cleaned out their, their basement, you know? Like, um, it's really tough to dig through some of them. But other of them, like, they legitimately have good comics. Like, um, there's a few comics there ranging in the hundred to hundred fifty dollar range, just like out in the open, like guys ready to talk about them, trying to sell them. I'm ready to talk about them. Ready, ready to wheel and deal with you. What do you got? Wheel what, and deal. Yeah. What, what condition do you thing. think that's in? All right, I'll show me. I'll show you one more thing I got today. It wasn't from Toy Man, but this is my favorite misprint of all time. And usually, miss like in a in a vintage series Star Wars, if you get a misprint or Miss Bubble package um, figure or something like that, or the card back is wrong, you can, I mean, realistically, some of them are worth pretty penny, you know? This mm -hmm. will never be worth anything, but I love it because it's a double misprint, and I don't know how Hasbro gets, like, how anybody at Hasbro still has their job that worked on this figure. I want you to read this name on this Luke. Um, let's see. So it's <laughs> okay. So he's showing me the front of the box, and it's Luke Skywalk were. So there's an extra W at the end of Skywalker. How do you mess that up? Wait a minute. What's what's it say underneath it? Oh, it's, yeah, uh, the Yavin ceremony. Like Yavin it's, ceremony. it's got him in the middle. Like it's it's got him in the. I can't. Oh, it's so it's, it's the end of the uh, first movie. The a of, New Hope, right? Yeah, the end of New Hope. Yep. So. <laughs> And it's actually figure 100, so I had to have it because it's figure 100. 100, and they can't get the spelling for Luke Skywalker correct. And not only once. Hold on. I'll flip it over to the back. Oh, you, you, twice. Yeah, but, okay. okay, so on the back, it's misspelled, but it's misspelled differently. So Skywalker yeah. is still where they're having problems with this. This is a knockoff from China, man. Like, there's no way. <laughs> Yeah, they they actually had an apology. So they had a European um, uh, Comic Con uh, last week, and they came out during the, one of their conferences uh, and and apologized for it and said it was on the first run of figures and they're going to correct it. But how do you mess this up twice? It's Luke Skywalker. It's the <laughs> most known Star Wars character. I mean, him and Vader are probably neck and neck as far as most known Star Wars characters in the in the whole world. And you're going to misspell his damn name twice. Right. It's amazing. Never going to be worth anything, but I had to have it. I don't know. Uh, it's worth something to you. I mean, Skywalker. I can't. I can't. I can't even with that right now. Oh. Yeah. So now you guys all know that I collect action figures. That's cool. And there's a hundred. Oh, wow. Ugh. Round Is that two. A fresh beer there. Is that what I heard? That's oh, exactly what you heard. Okay, here. Yeah, there you go. All right. So. Speaking of fresh, I should have should have came more prepared. I only brought one upstairs. I thought I should have brought a couple. Anyway, what is wrong right. with you? I'll get it. I'll get one. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> me. I'll get there. Anyway, uh, I know when the new trailer for Rise of Skywalker came out, you were out of the country uh, delivering drugs or something. I don't know, but um, it came Bring out drugs back. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And I just it killed me because I couldn't just like pick up the phone and talk to you about it yeah it was it was tough uh and yeah I'll, I'll tell you it was tough but it was uh not so tough i was in antigua so uh um i'll tell you the beach was lovely the drinks were free well they weren't free i paid for them it's ahead of time. all inclusive I but get they it. were but they were free um and uh yeah i was just you know passing out in hammocks and hanging out in pools and you know just living life living life on the honeymoon Living your best life. Yeah, that's one way. Yeah, well, that's that's a damn good life. It wasn't bad. I'm not going to complain. I would love <laughs> to go back. I didn't want to come back to 30-degree weather, I'll tell you that. Yeah, ain't that some bullshit? It so anyway, terrible. It is. It sucks. Let's see. Where were we? We uh, were discussing. launched, and I wasn't in town. That's right. I actually was 
just about to hit play on one. I thought it would be good if we could watch it together. Uh, it'll be super boring for those who can't watch it, although I encourage everyone to just go ahead and stop what you're doing and watch it. Uh, but we can discuss uh, throughout the trailer. Let's do it. Let's go. Here we go. And... Hey everybody, uh, because I really appreciate you guys listening, I'm not going to put you through the pain of just the dead space where John and I watch the uh, new Star Wars trailer. Uh, instead, what I decide to do is just very gingerly inform you that I've edited out all the dead spots, so you'll hear us talk really fast and it won't make sense for about maybe half a minute longer. Um, but just to give you a heads up, it gets better in about 20 seconds. looks like a Star Destroyer coming out of the water there yeah we think that's on the ice planet still oh that's nice 3po that scene hurts blown away that they have leia yeah they stole um uncut or unused scenes from the force awaken you gotta do it somehow all right what do you think the theory is on what they just destroyed there so i think it's a, it is a vader statue i believe like a tribute to vader but I think it's during a fight between the two of them. I don't think they did it together on purpose. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think that was a cooperative. Let's shatter the past. Man, that musical score, though. John oh. Williams is amazing. Just gets you every time. Was he involved in The Last Jedi? Yeah, John Williams has done scores for every movie. Could you imagine putting together 50 years of work? God, that'd be amazing. Yeah, it's pretty unreal. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm still getting still getting really, really good feeling from this trailer, even though I've seen it like eight times. Every time I watch it, I still get goosebumps, especially during the C-3PO scene. Looking as friends one last time. Ugh. All right, so they say this is the end, right? But I don't know that I believe them. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so it's the end of the Skywalker story, one way or another. So... Um, I do believe that they're going to move away from um, the Skywalker uh, name. Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to do because they're kind of alienating all of their... Um, older uh, fan I, base? Older fan base. I guess that 40-plus-year-old that fan base is going to be really tough. Um, man, I don't... I think it's the end of the Skywalker generation. I think I think they're going to move on to a new story. Uh, they've done so many good things with um, Rebels and uh, Dave Filoni and his writing and his team of producers and um, directors has done such an amazing job with the animated series. I think they're going to do great things with Mandalorian. I think they're really trying to push the expanded universe, which... Um, the EU is non-canon anymore, so they have to do it again, basically. So the uh, EU will will get will get to growing again, and I think they have a great shot at actually uh, growing some of those good storylines. Uh, they just have to do it with new characters again. Um, and just for a bunch of like casual fans, the EU is the extended universe that occurs in stories outside of the movies. Yeah, so um, b before Disney took over, basically, the EU was that your your plot points for, I mean, the Skywalkers had children. Uh, uh, there was um, characters like Dash Rendar and... Uh, there's, Ooh, there's just, Shadow of the Empire. Yeah. Shadow of the Empire and all that stuff. So, like, there was so many books and comics and uh, um, other novelizations that were made uh, based on, uh, I mean, really... At the time, it was really just fan fiction that turned into books and other things, uh, mm -hmm. and it, it created the expanded universe. And it was a a great way for people to expand on what they what they did know. Uh, and it worked in between the Star Wars stories or a little bit outside of them, but um, in other parts of the universe. Or um, and sometimes it would bring in people like uh, Chewbacca and stuff like that as a bounty hunter. Um, so it just depended on the story, but. Um, when Disney took over, um, Star Wars, uh, they basically said they went just, they basically just went down the list and said, this isn't canon, this isn't canon, <laughs> this isn't canon. And basically if it wasn't a, uh, fully funded movie or TV show, uh, or a book, 
um, that fit into their Star Wars lore that they wanted to portray, they eliminated it from canon. Um, so now it's known as the EU, and it is not, it's non-canon um, items, uh, which is tough for some fans because some fans really, really enjoyed the um, expanded universe. Um, and, yeah, a lot of that stuff was characters. A lot of that stuff was really easy to just fall in love with. Uh, there were some stories and, and things that happened that I myself just read from the Dark Horse comics when Star Wars was oh, over yeah. at Dark Horse. And they, man, there's some awesome Vader story beats and all yeah. sorts of stuff. And, and now, you know, the, the new movie started. And while that was a great hopeful moment to just hear that some of the other stuff that you were just like, yeah, that's, that's what happened. You're like, oh, that got the axe? Oh, man. And yeah, then, yeah, quite yeah. a few things got the got the acts like uh uh I mean Jaina Solo was I mean was was the solo child and, and she just got the axe gone. That's know. tough. Uh, that is tough. And and it, it was rough because that was one that was a lot of the EU's like that was one of their favorite characters, um uh as far as being a pilot and everything else she did. So like, it's just really difficult for some fans to to grip the Disney aspect of that's not canon anymore. So um, I think bringing back in some of those fans, uh, there's a couple ways they can do it. And one of them is like, I know we're going to get to it. I'm so excited to talk about this eventually, but uh, <laughs> I think one of the good ways to do it is where Ray comes from, which is um, it was so great after, and this is why I, I disagreed with what the last year I did. Um, but it was so great after the Force Awakens. Like the whole thing was about what Ray, um, who Ray was. So many questions about her origin. And then after the Last Jedi, nobody started talking about anything. Like nobody talked about anything about Ray after the Last Jedi, other than how bad the movie was. Yeah. Uh, and then the trailers start hitting, and then all of a sudden, there's so much about the origin of Ray again, and it's just it's insane because. Between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, there wasn't that dead time. And this time, this movie around, we had a year and a half of just nothing. That's and, true. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did We we did at least get to sink our teeth into Rogue One. Uh, and then, what, even Solo? Uh, which, you know, whatever you feel about Solo is fine. But Rogue One, man, that was a good movie. And if they can make movies that are non-Skywalker related to that caliber, I'm on board. I really am. Yeah. I mean, Rogue One was a great movie. Um, you knew what was going to happen. You know what? And that, that's what's so crazy um, about the fandom right now. And I, I know there's some splits in the fandom. And um, to anyone that's like really upset with everything going on right now, which I, I understand. I understand some of the issues that they have. And you listen to them speak about um, what their real problems are. And I, I understand that stuff. But you got to understand, too, like, Everyone dogged the prequels. First of all, I enjoyed the prequels. And I'm not afraid to say that out loud. And I might get a lot of crap for it sometimes. But George Lucas was telling a story that you knew the ending of. That's like, true. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Obi- as soon as Qui-Gon... Oh, spoiler alert. Qui-Gon dies in uh, episode one for anyone that has never seen it. But, like, as soon as he dies, you know Obi-Wan is going to win the battle. Like. That- yeah, you know Obi Wan lives. Like, there's he no. He can't die. He's he's invincible for three movies. Like, you know, he's not going <laughs> to die. So there's no suspense for the 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 moviegoer unless they they've never seen Star Wars. Unless that's the first movie they've seen, they have they have no investment. So it's really hard to to say that. And now everyone's so upset that they're not getting all the answers that they were supposed to have, versus. When we got the original trilogy, and I, I wish that I could go back and see them in theaters with all these people. I mean, people were talking like this right now, you and me, but we were both in the same basement mm-hmm. for yeah. maybe a couple of years and, and probably playing D&D in between. And uh, like that was the conversation about Star Wars. And there was like, no internet to go yeah. on and stoke the flames of our rage with. <laughs> yeah, so but like people were, were people not happy? They didn't know what luke skywalker won in the first movie yeah i'm sure there were people unhappy about it but you didn't hear about it because star wars was just a revelation to the movie industry at the time um 
And, and then once you get to The Empire Strikes Back, you find out who Luke, and no one was complaining about it because it was the biggest reveal in movies of all time. It and really was. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, it still is. And you can't recreate that. So I think that all those older fans, and I, I mean, I'm not taking pot shots, but realistically, like, they're asking for something that can't be recreated again, but they want to recreate it. Yeah, you're not going to get another Godfather either. So, and if no. you do, it's not going to be as good as Godfather 2. So, same boat. Yeah, you just can't do it. So, it, it's really, really tough to. Um, I mean, J.J. Abrams, I hope, does a fantastic job with this movie. Um, Ryan Johnson went into the movie literally trying to subvert the expectation, which is just ridiculous because it's Star Wars. Like, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be so many things that The Last Jedi just kind of fell flat on. It did a good job in some areas, but we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, we'll we'll save that for another. But... You know, I think going into a movie trying to change basically the theme of the film works out if, say, you have a character like Thor. So you go from Thor Dark World to Thor Ragnarok. Completely different tone, same characters, who still act kind of the same way, but you change up the whole vibe of the movie, and it works because the movies before it were a little dark and not as enjoyable. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Thor and Thor Dark World weren't good movies, I'm just saying they weren't as enjoyable as some of the other Marvel films. So taking that approach works, but you're right, Star Wars, that's not the spot to do it. It just isn't. No, because everyone's expecting it to elevate the franchise, and and when you don't elevate it, and you kind of kill people's theories, and you, you kill off your main overtone villain... Which, yeah, I, and, with, and, without much to say about it either. Like, no. he doesn't even go down with, with a fight or with any stunning revelations and his last breath or anything. He just, oh, that big bad is dead. And no one seems to be worse off and or care about it. Yeah, like, we literally went through two years of who is Snoke, who is Ray. Is Kylo going to become good again? Is is that going to be the person that changes over? Like, we went through all those conversations, and then we left The Last Jedi, and we said, Raise no one, Snoke is dead, and Kylo is now the leader of the First Order. Like, we didn't have any character building in the whole movie, and I wish that we would have done something, because if they would have let Finn die, that, I would have oh, said, That I was my cried. biggest qualm. I was, I I was probably, hoping... He was going to make the play. I would have cried. Like I literally, like that would have made me emotionally invested because uh, you look at shows like Game of Thrones, and I, I mean, you know me, like I'm a huge sci-fi fantasy just nerd, and I eat that stuff up. That but is like, why you're on the show, and we and love you for you, it. And there you go. But you you look at stuff like Game of Thrones. Everyone loves Edward Stark. Everyone loved him. As a as a character, um, they, he was truthful. He was just. He was right. Sean Bean dies and everything. Nobody cared about that because they loved his character. And then at the end of season one, he gets his head cut off, and everyone's just like, "How could you do that?" Ryan Johnson could have killed Finn at the end of Last Jedi, and everybody in the theater would have said, "How could you do that?" And that would have been the wow, like. I can't believe they actually killed off one of their main characters in the second episode of the, of the um, series. And, and it would have completed his arc. Like he was yeah, that's, that's what I was looking for. They spent so much of that movie on this side quest that whether or not they were successful had very little bearing on the overall story. And so you're like, fine, I'm going to set plot points aside and just hope this is a character building thing. And you get it, you feel it. I mean, he even starts to fall in love, have a little girlfriend or whatever. And then he goes to make that big play, that Captain America jump on the grenade moment, right? And he's about to save everyone's ass. And his new girlfriend T-bones him at high speed, which, isn't that kind of almost trying to kill him to save him? But anyway, like, there is no way he should not have made the sacrifice play. He would have saved everyone right there. 
And not just that, but like not only does he not get to make the sacrifice play, she quote unquote saves him. They are literally twenty feet away from the first order ships, <laughs> and nobody decides to to fire on them on the way yeah. back to the base. They just walk. They just kind of walk off. Just put the white flag up. They're just gonna let you walk in. No big deal. Like so would... just, that was the most ridiculous part of the whole movie for me, and there was a lot of ridiculous parts in some people's eyes, but that scene alone i was just like how how did they not only did he not make the sacrifice play but how did they make it back and that's so, true and, and i love finn as a character i think he is a great addition to the star wars universe um i love john boyega uh i went to star wars celebration last spring seeing him interact with fans gave me all the hope in the world uh just because he is a phenomenal uh human and just watching That's always good to hear. Interact. Love yeah. to hear that. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. And, and you know what's crazy is we went we we go to these panels and we go to the, all the um, the uh, demonstrations and the but the the interviews and everything else. But watching, uh, I always forget her name. I'm sorry, but like Rose Tico's character, right, or her actress. Um, everyone was so down on Rose. You know, internet bullying, all that's like the the really loud minority that just couldn't stand her as an actress. Uh, but I think she did a great job with what she was given, which wasn't very much in my opinion. Um, just flame I, it, John flame it. I mean, yeah, but I think she did a good job. Um, but like you walk in, like when she walked on stage at celebration in, in the, uh, the rise of Skywalker panel, like the crowd went nuts. And that's when, you know, like, the fandom loves these actors and actresses for who they are and, and what they do. And it's just so amazing because you hear online all the time and how negative some things are, but it was just so uplifting to be in that room and just like, she was almost like shocked. She was shocked that she was getting the ovation. She was um, but like all these actors have to understand is they're, they're star Wars figure now. Like, the fans are going to love them. Like, the true fans are going to love them. You're going to have the loud minority, but the true fans are going to love them for everything they do. It's weird because just in this moment, one of my greatest goals in life is to be immortalized as an action figure. And uh, <laughs> just that kind of legacy is something that, like, I could be traded and bought and paid for at trunk shows and union halls with people who really <laughs> care, John. Somebody might pick you up, man. You might be the figure they've they've wanted their whole life. You don't even know. Somebody might screw up my name on the on the box, and all of a sudden I become really valuable. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden you're Brendan. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Brent Brendan Snevins. Okay, oh, cool. That'll work. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I know we kind of moved away from it, and that yeah, happens, especially when you start talking about something you're passionate about, which clearly. You like Star Wars. I don't know if anybody's picked up on that. But we were talking about the EU and what is canon and what's not. Oh, and I, yes. I saw this thing on the internet where many people see lots of things. It's the place to go for it. But I saw that they were going to start Clone Wars back up. And that essentially they restart it to be canon now. Is that is that accurate? So Clone Wars is, is canon. It, it has okay. been canon. Um, as far as I know, um, that's good. Cause they've got some cool stuff in there. Clone Wars. Have you, have you seen any trailer for that? Oh, <laughs> we don't have time to watch that too. Well, I mean, we could, but it's fine. Could, it's but fine. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to, if you don't want to, um, it is, um, it's good. I mean, oh man, I can't, I don't, I, that's a whole nother podcast thing, but no, uh, yeah, we'll uh, add it to the list. No, ah- Ahsoka. I mean, oh man, it's just so crazy because so they're gonna do one more, uh, uh, one more season of Clone Wars, and Dave Filoni um, came through again. Man, he is a just an excellent writer producer. He created so much of the Star Wars lore that landed in that time period between Episode Two and Episode Three, uh, with Anakin uh, not just being a, a Padawan and a general in the galactic republic but also obviously his fall uh which we'll um hopefully get to see more of during the the, the last home wars um season but you just see ahsoka tano 
And Ashley Eckstein is just a phenomenal voice actress. Um, she has her own um, clothing line also, obviously. Um, she does, um, oh man, her universe, sorry. Um, but her character as Ahsoka, like this is, you're talking about a Jedi that literally looked at, looked at people dead in the face and said, I'm done with the Jedi Order. Like, this is not for me anymore. And walks straight out of the academy and just is like, I'm done with this. And so picking back up with her and seeing where she's at and then seeing some of the footage from the new Clone Wars uh, season where uh, the clone um, the clone soldiers, are they have the Ahsoka paint on their masks, like the orange paint. That is uh, cool. That is like so she, cool. She is their general. And it's just insane um, for for me to see stuff like that and just not get excited um, about the the way that they can take that um, storyline. And they're going to introduce new clones um, again, and they're going to bring in a new, um, just a whole new faction of people. And uh, I mean, I play Star Wars video games and everything else, and and those lead into the lore also. And some of those are canon at this point, but just seeing the newness that um, they are bringing to the whole storytelling is, is just, I'm excited. I'm, and I love that um, Clone Wars era. So uh, I can't, uh, I can't tell you how, how much I'm excited because it's, it's un- unreal right now. You know, what's really such a bummer to me is how much I realized I've missed because they're on what? Seven seasons of Clone Wars. And then yeah. like, it, it all looks incredible. I mean, you get to see Obi-Wan and Anakin out there just mixing it up. You get to see what Darth, Darth Gravius. Darth the dude Grievous. With, Grievous. Yeah. Grievous. Grievous. Uh, past the gravy. It's, I don't know, I've had like three beers. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Grievous is on fire. <laughs> you can see Maul comes back with a robotic lower half to his body. Like, that's just incredible. That is that's so stupid rich and seeing stuff like that like he fell down a vent in the very first star wars right so let me see palpatine let's talk about it and that i think we can use to segue beautifully into palpatine's back right and he survived the shaft and let's just talk about how exciting that is that is one of the moments that i recall you being most excited about at star wars celebration you sent you Essentially, you live chatted it to me. Yeah. And that's the only time you've ever done anything like that, was just yeah. to see Palpatine <laughs> and hear him say, play it again. Oh, I got excited. Man. I was at my desk at work, and I was like, let me take a minute to get ready for some Star Wars goodness. Yeah, so, I I mean, you know me. I don't do a whole lot on social media. I don't do a whole lot texting or anything like that. But when I get really excited about something, it, 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 it goes out. Um what? I mean, it was right after um, they finally played the, the Rise of Skywalker, the first trailer ever. Um, was in that room, and I was like eight rows deep. Whew. When Ian McDermott came on that stage, after you hear the what you like, obviously it was the first time we'd all heard it. Right, we right. Hear that, we hear that uh, laugh come over us. And everyone, like, we're looking side to side at people. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Okay. Um, we're looking <laughs> side to side at people, and we're like, that was the Emperor. That was, that was, that was him. That was, oh, my gosh, that was him. And then all of a sudden, like, the spotlight just goes on Ian McDermott on the stage, and he just gets out there, and his Emperor's voice is just like, roll it again. And everyone loses their crap just because, like, first of all, we just saw this trailer, and we're all pumped for the new movie. And then you have, like, one of the biggest stars in Star Wars history walk on stage and and it's right after his laugh and it was oh my gosh it was uh yep goosebumps Goosebumps uh, every time we'll give you a moment to go change your pants after just thinking about it but it was i do remember thinking how cool that was and all i saw was a very crappily recorded phone video from about eight rows deep at celebration and it was still cool it was still cool I was just literally just holding my phone up while I was cheering the whole time. So it was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I really hope that I can get some type of that action soon. Um, in my own like cons and things like that. But yeah, that is really cool. And that is probably the single thing I'm looking most forward to 
because I really think, and I know we're going to talk about this later, <laughs> that Palpatine returning really plays in nicely to our to our shared theory. It does. It, really, it, it does. It does. So, uh, yeah, but enough of that, because otherwise I won't be able to contain this bubbling boil of excitement That's underneath my lid. No, no, I'll say one more thing about that, though, because, like, bringing Palpatine back, I mean, when you're talking about trying to capture the original fans, you bring their boss back. Like, That's true. Holy crap. Who does not love freaking Emperor Palpatine? Everyone loves him as a character. Um, when you're when you're talking about OG Star Wars fans, oh wait, bring the guy back that orchestrated everything. The first six movies we ever saw, roll it up. I'll watch roll it. it I'll watch it. No, that oh, it's looking good. It's looking, dare I say, almost better than the launch of Disney Plus. Oh, I don't know. Did you have you seen all the stuff on Disney Plus, man? I have seen it's, the lineup. Dude, there is a She-Hulk TV show coming out. Yes, Let me is. just say that again for everybody who thinks that I'm making stuff up. They're going to do a She-Hulk television show. I'm on board. There's nothing they won't try at this point. And it all looks good. Like The Mandalorian, I don't even know how to begin to tell you how incredible that show looks. No, but they're also doing like they're doing Loki. They're doing, yeah. um, oh, they're doing another setup. Um, if they're doing Wanda and Vision. Wanda and Vision, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Like they are doing so many good things on Disney Plus. Not just Disney Plus, but like not what they're bringing new content, but like the content that you're going to be able to get your hands on that some people have never seen because the Disney Channel just you know stopped playing some of the movies they they used to have like i i can't tell you how many people i've talked to they're just like i can't wait to watch brink whenever i want to <laughs> i'm like that's Dude, the I, movie i cannot wait to start watching gargoyles again there you go yeah darkwing that, duck bring it that's back. oh yes <laughs> i am so on board with i'm gonna like just tell my daughter to go play in her room while i pawn my pjs and get a bowl of cereal <laughs> and watch saturday morning cartoons again they're gonna have X Men the animated series on there. I when I saw that I was like I I mean I knew that obviously they have Marvel now but I just did not know that they were gonna get their hands on that TV show on all I, of I the Olivia, good stuff. I told Olivia I'm like you know I'm gonna watch X Men every day right and she's like what are you talking about I'm like you'll you'll understand I guess yep. when when you see it. Try and explain to your wife how incredible the Dark Phoenix saga was when you were like eight. I don't even know the stakes here, but this is still really awesome. So I watched, I watched the um, that movie actually while I was flying back from Antigua, like uh, the Phoenix. Oh, Dark uh, Phoenix. Yeah, Dark Phoenix. I I hadn't seen it in theaters. I didn't I didn't make it out to see it. I'm like, man, I really need to like this is a movie on my list, so I'll, I'll watch it. And man, how many times it, are are they just gonna just royally just f that movie like that and that storyline like they are just beating it to hell like that's a second time in movies they've done it right so like yeah they did was, x3 the last stand yeah and it was, it was awful. awful god they shat on it in that movie and like, then and then they try to do it again and you see them just start for it in, at the end of x-men apocalypse and you're just like no don't, no Don't one's do asking it. for this. No one's asking for this. Do something else. Start X-Force, for God's sakes. Give us Black Ops Mutants. Start we'll watch that. X-Force. Please, God, somebody out there that's listening, start X-Force. Anybody. Anybody that wants to. And instead, they go, you know what we should do again? Let's do Dark Phoenix, but we won't do it right. Because we're we scared right. to send the X-Men to outer space. We'll just keep them in orbit. And then we'll keep them on Earth. And it's, no, no. You need to jettison them out to the Shi'ar Empire. You need to make Phoenix kill a star. And by association, guilty of murdering a whole solar system. Like, go all the way. Pull no punches. Yeah. And then people will start to say, no, it's a good X-Men movie. That's what I keep waiting for. And they just won't go there. And I hope they do eventually. Like, I love the... I'm waiting for Deadpool to start courting death. 
and I'm waiting for Deadpool to cross over with all the Marvel core. Like I'm just waiting for it so much. I'm Where really <laughs> I'm really just hoping somebody at Disney, since they have the rights to X Men now, go, you know what? We did Guardians of the Galaxy and it's yeah. awesome. We can do some cool stuff with X Men. I'm scared of Fantastic Four. I'm gonna say it now. I don't know how anyone's gonna make that cool. Because it seemed like if the rise of Silver Surfer wasn't going to do it, I don't know who can or what will. Um, I'm sorry. That, I mean, I feel like they had a good cast for what they did before. Like the original Fantastic they had a good cast for it. They did just shitty even, writing. Even the reboot had a good it. cast. Like they always get good actors and then they just take kind of big, giant shats on the script. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, so, I... I I want Fantastic Four was obviously Stanley's baby, so like I want that I want that franchise to do really well and it just it cannot perform in a movie. And I don't I don't understand why. Like I just don't get it. The comics are so good, the the laid out storylines are so good and they just can't put it in a movie. And I You know I, I know what my you know what my argument is? T V is really good now, man. Bring them to Disney Plus. Let I mean, them I, just kind of launch it from there. And if it takes off, which I think it would, I think the Fantastic Four is an excellent source material for a good twelve season or a twelve episode season. Twelve season, getting ahead of yourself yeah, there. <laughs> I would. I'm I'm excited. I want to be around. You're like sign it on, sign it for twelve years. I'll do it. I'll do it. My hair is going gray. Like I'm Team Richards all the way now. There you go. But I, I really think that that would be a good way to bring that show to the screen. Because if you can't do it after two film attempts, three technically, then maybe try TV. I think it would do well. Although they did relaunch Spider-Man after five movies of his own, which were successful. And even the new Spider-Man's awesome. So honestly, I, the, the Amazing Spider-Man could have gone more, um, but the actor's name escapes me right now. I heard he was a huge prick to like everyone on set all the time, and I always forget his name. Andrew Garfield. Oh yes, that's him. Yeah. I, I yeah. really don't. I really don't think that the Amazing Spider-Man. Okay, I think the Amazing Spider-Man was good, and I was eager to see more of that Spider-Man. And then we got The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which suffered from the same problem of Spider-Man 3, where it was, how many villains can we shoehorn into the third act of this film? (laughs) So you finally get to see them square off with Electro, and it looks like something on your PlayStation 3. And then... As soon as that's over, you have a nice moment. This is the denouement of the story. No, let's just shove Green Goblin in here for no other reason than to come and kill Gwen Stacy. You could have put that in the next movie and properly launched the Sinister Six. You had to put them on the back of that too. What the, man? What the? And Andrew Garfield's suit? Why'd you make it classic again? The one from the first film was awesome. Just tweak it a little bit. Tweak yeah, it. Was it. Good. it was good. I do love the Marvel, how they've upgraded the suit. Like, I do enjoy all the suit upgrades that they've done for him. Um, I do. I do like that, too, especially when he goes from stun to kill. Yes. That was awesome. But, like, just seeing um, Tom Holland, uh, again, with fans and everything, like, I love Tom Holland. I think he's a great... Um, he, I mean, he's a good actor, obviously, but like he's a great person again. Like, uh, and just hearing some of the stories from fans that have met him and um, either gotten autographs or photographs. He's with them, apparently like, a really nice guy. Super nice guy, and I, I just I, I I love when I hear those stories, and I can't um, throw my support to um, actors and actresses like that because I think that's so important for the fandom um, in any um, fandom. Uh, going through Star Wars Celebration and you meet some of the actors that are doing autographs and stuff like that and you're just like, man, you are really just here to sign for a paycheck. And yeah. there's, not, there's not a lot of them at Star Wars, um, per se. Um, and like some of my favorites that I got to meet, like I said, like Ashley Eckstein, 
uh, who voices Ahsoka, a phenomenal Star Wars advocate and um, just crowd pleaser. Like she loves her fans. Um, uh, Ian McDermott, Peter Mayhew, um, R.I.P. Peter um, Mayhew, yeah, Chewy. I mean, uh, meeting some of those people uh, live, even if it's for a few seconds, it's amazing when you talk to them just briefly how how like passionate they are about their their work that they've done in their oh, life. Oh yeah, oh um, absolutely. And it's great to see that versus like you go into some comic cons and you're you're getting autographs from some people and I'm not going to throw anybody down right now, but they literally just like oh thanks. And I sign it, and then they they shoo you along, and I'm just like, yeah, you're cool, cool, thank you very much. I paid 150 dollars for this, awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's only two kind of like Marvel celebrities that I've met. Uh, the first one was Paul Rudd, and you can just imagine how that went. I'm hoping it was good. I imagine it was good. He is just a really cool dude. I met him. On he had been at C2E2 all flipping day, and I was the very last group because you know they just kind of shove people through there. And I'm sure he'd seen you know like 5,000 individuals by noon and kept it going. So I saw him, it was probably close to nine o'clock, and I was at the end of the line anyway because I was doing all this different stuff. But um, I was fortunate enough to have him sign Avengers 181, which is the first appearance of Scott Lang. So I got Paul Rudd to sign that. And while I handed it to him and he was talking, I was like, hey, man, I saw your charity stuff that you do on the CBS Sunday Morning News. And like, it took him a moment to look up and be like, oh, you don't just want to talk to me about like comic stuff? Like, you actually realize that I do good things outside of these movies? But he was like, Paul Rudd, like Paul Rudd is in everything you see on TV. He was like, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's cool that you know about that. I appreciate it. And I was like, this was a good experience. It was like 20 seconds long, but I'm going to remember it for forever. He has no idea who the hell I am, which is fine. But it's cool to see just nice people, not just, mm-hmm, yeah, thanks. Go on through. Yeah. Kind of like Brie Larson. When we met her at Ace Comic Con, it was just for like a photo op with the family and stuff. But she wasn't like, hurrying people along and looking at handlers to, to like move the crowd through. Like she would accept gifts from like the two little girls in front of us who brought like a poster that they drew for her and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like she took the time to talk to them while she wasn't having in-depth conversations, but she's still like, Oh, that's awesome. That's so good. Am I your favorite? Who's your favorite? Like, it's great. And I don't know if, any other type of fandom where you get those kind of interactions. Like when I was at comic book conventions years ago, I never would have thought, dude, in about 12 years, we're going to get to start seeing the superheroes from the screen, like in person that would have never even crossed my mind. Like I know there were some fan castings where back in the day, they were like, you know, Tom Cruise could be Tony Stark. We would never see Tom Cruise at a con. There's no way. I don't know if we've ever seen Robert Downey Jr. at a con either, but we've seen Chris Evans and Tom Holland. and, and Who plays Loki? Hiddleston. And, yeah, Tom yeah. Hiddleston. They're, I mean, they all keep going. Hell, we even saw Jake Gyllenhaal um, at Ace Comic Con. I didn't pay to yep, meet him because I, I was like, well, I mean, uh, the budget's going to go so far, but the opportunities there. And that's something that's really cool. And I think that's probably one of the better aspects of fandom today, whether it be star Wars or Marvel or anything like that. Even Jason Momoa loves to do things like that. And he's in the DC EU. Yeah. And that's what I love about, um, I mean, comic cons that we're a part of today. Like, I mean, like you said, like 12 years ago or three about 12 years ago, 20 years ago, people going to comic cons were literally going to go talk to people about comics. That was yeah. maybe some merchandise here and there. You get to go see your favorite artist, uh, maybe uh, a favorite a favorite publisher or something like that. But like those are like some of the artists are still there at Comic Con and stuff like that. But the big draw now is the celebrities that play them on the big screen versus those artists that brought them to life for so many people for so many mm-hmm. years. That's why 
and that, and then that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to gain tickets to Celebration, um, C2E2, Com- San Diego Comic-Con. Like, all those things are so hard to find tickets to now because it's all mainstream. Like, oh, I want to go because I fell in love with the Marvel movies when Iron Man launched in 2008. Eight. Eight. Is it eight? It was eight. eight. It's seven eight. or eight. Yeah, it's seven or eight. I think it might be seven, but no, no, it it's eight. I'm... But anyway, yeah, but you bring that up, though, and as like a, a hardcore comic fan who, you know, wants to get into writing comics and, and things like that, it really sucks when you try and go to a con. Like here locally for us, one of the big ones is Wizard World, St. Louis, and there are hardly any well-known writers or artists that come with the show. You see almost no publishers. They have zero presence, and it's just all meet and greets for, you know, you, you see characters from Lord of the Rings or, or Buffy, the TV show. Or, and while those are all cool in their own fan, right, it, it sucks for me because I have to travel outside of St. Louis go see some awesome publishers and talk to editors and things like that, the things that comic book conventions were originally made for. So as a dad who wants his daughter to see cool stuff and as a fan who wants to see the OG stuff, comics and print and artists, things like that, I'm a little torn. But then you just get the three-day pass and one day you do all of one thing and the next day you come back and do all of the other and that just solves it. So I think I solved my own bitch fest. So thanks for listening. Just get the three-day pass. Do it all. Do it all. <laughs> no problem, man. Just, yeah. just buy the, the whatever the full package is. Just buy that and then separate your days. <laughs> there you go. Just figure it out. See what the panel discussion is and do that accordingly as well. Yeah. But it, it's tough. I'll, I'll agree. It's it's tough. I mean, even going to a Comic-Con on your own. Like, I, I when I'm going, even with friends, like, there's a, there's a tear somewhere, right? Where one person wants to go do something, the other person wants to go do something different. And it's really about managing your time with those things and, and getting to just do what you want to do. Like, it's amazing yeah. how much there is to do. And you can get lost in doing nothing sometimes. Um, yeah. You just spend hours me. looking at one booth going through T-shirts that are all incredible. And you look up and it's been two hours. And everyone's well, gone. Yeah, and forget about just uh, like uh, looking at stuff like... All of a sudden, you start talking to that one guy at that one booth that, like, you just hit the same notes for an hour. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing right now? Like, I, I'm supposed to be somewhere right now. <laughs> I did that. I did that my first year at C2E2 because uh, I tried to get there super early so I could get a wristband to go meet Jim Lee. And I got there two minutes late <laughs> to that. But still had hours before the show floor opened. So I stood in line next to this group of guys who were talking oddly enough, about their shared disrespect for The Last Jedi. And I just started talking to them. <laughs> and that's Joe and Marco. Like, oh, they, yeah. Yeah. I love Joe and Marco. They showed, they showed up for my bachelor party and things like that. And I talked to I talked to Joe today and I texted Marco today. Like, we're close. And that was years ago. So it's, it's so interesting what cons can do for people. And they live up in, like, Wisconsin or something. Like, somewhere I'm not going. Love to see you guys. But I'm not going that far north. It's no. But cons... It's weird because the internet makes you think that fans are divided, but if you go to a convention, fans are together. You make friends, and it's awesome. Absolutely. I mean, I, you can't. I mean, I stand in line just last year. At, um, I didn't stand in a whole lot of lines. I was fortunate enough to get a good pass um, to, uh-huh. uh, to get to get through lines. But um, the lines I did have to stand in, like I mean, the Galaxy's Edge uh, had a demonstration there, obviously, and I'm standing in line with people there and it's just amazing to hear not only like why they love star wars but also like the fact of like what they did to get there like like, i mean you talk to a family with like four kids they're like this is our one big trip we're taking this year before we go to disney next year and like we planned on doing this because it was closer to our home and then we knew that galaxy's edge was opening next year so we were we were gonna go in 2020 for for Disney, and I'm like, that's insane. Like they're like, oh yeah, my kids are amped about it. They love Star Wars already, and I'm like, yes, you are doing the right thing in life. You're, ra- like, you're raising them right. <laughs> you are officially doing everything you're supposed to be doing. But yeah, no, it's it's just amazing to hear some people's stories and 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 uh, not just their stories, but their 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 love of the fandom 
that you don't necessarily need to hear maybe online. Because like I said, <laughs> right? You, yeah, we know if, who the loud you, people are online. Yeah. If you if you yeah, if you YouTube um, reviews the Last Jedi, you're gonna find uh, probably uh, eighty out of a hundred maybe like that are just blitz in the movie, <laughs> and some of it's the same stuff over and over again. I think they all copy. I think they all get on a conference call and just say we're gonna rip on this, and then that's yeah. all they rip on the whole time. <laughs> you know who it is? It's 20th Century Fox while they're still counting the money just blasting it <laughs> oh man no but i i really think that that's a uh that's an awesome spot for us to go ahead and call this one because uh, suddenly it went from like 8 45 to 10 30 and I, we covered some good stuff though it yeah, makes real late, real fast. Yeah, that happens uh, but it also lets me know how much more we have to talk about which will make the month of november awesome for the podcast listeners uh we probably next week will dive a little deeper into the mandalorian because I am stoked to see that. That's a good spot because it's eight days away. Eight That's days. right. We are eight days from that. And we'll talk again on Monday, if your schedule allows. And then it will drop on Tuesday. So that's... <laughs> That's going to we'll be. Get, we might. We might just wait till midnight and see if it drops. Does it drop at midnight, or is it hey, going to no, go have, live? At, I haven't looked that far into it. I'm going to guess it drops at midnight Pacific, so it's going to drop at 2 a.m. here. Man, I I can't. I won't. Oh. <laughs> you can't. I won't. I I will wait. I'll have to wait till Tuesday. I will have to. Yeah. Young me would have, or at least single and childless me would have stayed up to do it and then gone to work. I can't, I can't do it now, man. I just cannot. Well, that I don't want to do it. I got to work the next day too, so I, I'm I will have to wait till after work that day. My wife would I would come to bed at like three a.m. and my wife would be like, "The hell is wrong with you?" And she would be right to ask such a question, so it's fine. But no, that's I think that's going to be a very exciting thing. I feel like we're going to have some high energy on uh, on Monday. And actually, depending on when I drop, I'm going to have to edit this fast and drop it quick. Oh, gosh. But uh, anyway, yeah, well, thanks so much for finally coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, is there anything you want to plug or throw any of your social handles out before we say officially good evening? Oh, no, I'm good. I'll probably make up something down the road. I'll throw it out there later. Yeah, if you want, just toss out your gamer tag out there, and you can challenge some of these folks on these Star Wars games you were talking about. Oh yeah, I can't wait for uh, Jedi Fallen coming out. Uh, Fallen Order coming out. Uh, oh, just, when's that coming out now? Now I'm lost on my my game releases now. <laughs> it's only it's only well, I mean, it's only been bought for like um, you know, like six months already. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's been rough. When does that come out? How are you sound, through it? Bad, I'm not, I don't even know that when it comes out yet. <laughs> All right. Frustrated. Well, you find that, and I think I'm going to go ahead and use this as a great time to call it. So thanks, buddy. I will talk to you soon. 